Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I am a consultant with Troubling the Waters, LLC. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are excited to be with you for this upcoming uh, week's gospel discussion. We're talking about the gospel for this Sunday, November 5th, from the Gospel of Matthew, proper 26. And Charlotte, how many gospels we got left in this in this here proper season? We three, got three? 362. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think the first number was almost right. It looks like 26, 27, 28, and then Christ the King. So we've got four uh, four Gospels left in year A. And then we'll hit the liturgical new year on the first Sunday of December for the first Sunday of Advent on December 3rd. So pretty exciting. Uh, just one quick note about the Gospels, <clears throat> the Gospel selection for today. We chose to do proper 26, which is the Gospel assigned for, for November 5th. But it's also potentially the day you're going to celebrate All Saints if you go to church this Sunday. All Saints is always on the 1st of November. If you've got a church that has an All Saints service on the 1st, maybe you'll hear Proper 26 this Sunday. If you have, are a part of a church that moves All Saints uh, to the following Sunday, you'll probably hear a different reading than we'll be talking about today. But we do have, we have talked about the All Saints gospel mm-hmm. before. It's the Beatitudes. So if you can find us talking about the Beatitudes... Anything from Matthew, the beginning of Matthew chapter 5, uh, 1 through 12, I think it is. And also, if we have, we will have, we'll have had an All Saints Day conversation in the past six years or whatever, however long we've been doing it. So, anyway, go back and find that. You get 10 points if you go and find it <laughs> for Gryffindor and share it on Instagram or send it to us directly. Perfect. Okay. 10 points for your house. Uh, they, not everyone's in Gryffindor. Just saying that very often I associate with Dumbledore saying, 10 points for Gryffindor. That's true. That's true. They, by default, were the good guys. <laughs> Correct. You know. Um, but we support all the other houses we as do. well. Yeah, we we do. don't, we're not selective here at faith to go um, But thank you all again for tuning in. Before we get to our gospel discussion, as always, when it's just you and I, Charlotte, we always still like to check in about our God sighting. So I shared last week, which means it's your turn to share a God sighting. Did you, did you see or feel God or not in this in this past week or so? I actually have a consolation. Sweet. I know. Um, and- I would prefer a desolation, but you can share a <laughs> consolation too. We are two sides of the same coin, David. <laughs> um, but I was paying... I bear the image of Caesar. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, that's, that's messed not, up. That is not what I was saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> what I was doing this week was because I knew it was my turn. Mm-hmm. I was paying extra attention go. for God. Nice. <laughs> and as part of that, what I noticed was a common thread that weaved through my week, um, the opportunity to notice the spirit at work through friends and companions. And so what has been emerging for me in this last week is the variety of gifts that mm. people share so readily with me and with the world. And I've seen that in the, I was at a church planting conference this last oh, yeah. week, the Genesis gathering, and thinking about how... It's so fun to gather those people together because it is 
there is a commonality in the work that they are doing, and yet all of their contexts are so different that mm-hmm. it requires really different gifts and different openness in order to do that work. And so that was the first place that it kind of emerged for me, was hearing all of these different people talking about the incredible and holy work that Mm. they are doing, like church plants in senior care facilities, church plants that are specific to different cultures Mm -hmm. um, and that are planted within communities where they were not originally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the first place that Mm -hmm. I saw it. But then, as in our diocese and many other dioceses, we are prepping for convention right now. Mm -hmm. I am watching also the variety of things that are being brought to the table as all of that. And shout out, David, I maybe know something you don't know, although maybe you do know this. (laughs) Um, But Jackie Pippen is going to be here. Oh, yeah. So um, she reached out to me because she heard that um, part of our convention offering is going to be a service project Mm -hmm. where we will be packing care packages Mm -hmm. for military service members that are deployed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she's going to come and chat with the youth delegation as part of here. And I was thinking about the blessing of that, like of her ministry, which has taken place all over the Mm -hmm. world, um, but also just the blessing of a chaplain's experience and the students getting to hear what chaplaincy looks like, because it is different, right? Like it's different than being a rector in a congregation or the way that you and I do our ministries. It's just something else for them to see and experience those gifts and those talents. Mm -hmm. And so I have been thinking about many gifts all week from the first Corinthians and just thinking about how beautiful the body of Christ is when not only are we all able to live into our specific gifts, but when we readily share them. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Uh, shout out to Jackie. I'm so excited that she'll be hopefully joining us on the pod during a convention time. I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe it is now because we've said hopeful. it on the air. It's hopeful. Yeah. It's a it's a goal of ours. Well, and I've never met Jackie in person. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I know. Yeah. I'm excited for that. So Jackie, former uh, podcast host of the Faith to Go podcast, original uh, digital resource curator for Faith to Go, one of the original hosts, and current Air Force chaplain and Episcopal priest. So we're excited to have Jackie back. Uh, in San Diego. She lives in in the U.S. now. Yes. Which is exciting. So nice to have her back in the uh, continental United States, mm. Jackie. And now uh, we will move on to our gospel discussion. Before that, though, I want to let you know we always want to hear from you. If you've got a, uh, a God sighting, if you've got a question or a comment or story from your week of faith discussion and reflection about the gospel, you can always uh, email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. Maybe post something and tag us in it. We'd love to share that. Uh, and we can answer any of your questions that you'd like to send or share some stories if you'd like to send those. Um, we'd like to hear about your ministry context. Anything you want to share with us, we'd love to hear about it. And now we will actually move on to the gospel. This upcoming Sunday, November 5th, proper 26th, It's from Matthew 23, verses 1 through 12. Charlotte's going to read it. There's a little bit of context to give, and then we'll each have a point. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. 
They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seat in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven." Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. All right. So this is the very next thing that happens after last week's gospel, which was Jesus' drop the mic, Jerusalem style, drop the mic, on the Pharisees and scribes. He spent uh, chapter 22... Again, he's in Jerusalem here. This is right before his arrest. He spent chapter 22 going, doing some back and forth debating, if you could call it that, just having these conversations with the, with the Pharisees and the scribes, the disciples of the Pharisees, the Herodians. He talked about the taxes to Caesar. He had some weird, weird question about the Messiah and David. And um, Anyway, he's been going back and forth with the Pharisees uh, and the last thing that we heard was that the Pharisees were no, were no longer asked him any questions. So we're assuming the Pharisees had kind of like slunk away. And now Jesus turns to the crowd and says, you know, those scribes and, and disciples and the scribes and the Pharisees, they don't, don't listen, don't do what they do. But you can listen to what they're teaching you because they're, they're teaching you true things. But just like they've lost their way, you know. Anyway... My point is about the uh, is about this i this the, the way that Jesus ends it actually uh, talking about be rabbis and students and and uh, instructors and messiahs and things like this and and so his like he he talks about how the the leaders in their communities have have lost their way and so he turns to them and says but this is what you're going to do instead of that this is how you are this is how you are called to be as leaders. Instead of that thing, this is what you need to do. You need to remember that you are never going to be the expert. Don't let anybody call you rabbi. Don't let anybody call you messiah. Don't let anybody you call you instructor. Because you will always be a student. You'll always be a learner. You'll always be following something. And I think that's just like so powerful and so beautiful. And it that's the thing that jumped out to me today. Just thinking about like, Something I think it's something I believe Kathy Wilder. I heard Kathy Wilder say this once, and I don't know where she got it from. Um, but this idea of like being a lifelong learner, a lifelong student, um, and not instead of being an expert, because like Kathy is all about like leadership and transformative leadership, and that's what she's studied, and that's what she has her her get, she's getting her doctorate in and everything. And so like she's like her. It was in the context of thinking about leaders. And how it's so hard to to move leaders from a position of expertise to a position of learning, and how transformative it can be if we can remember and have that have that like position and take that posture of being a learner and a student. Mm. And it resonates for me, especially because I, in my consulting work um, through troubling the waters, I 
partner with communities to do these like community listening projects and and trying to better understand like how communities want to move forward, how they'd like to change their practices for better for greater justice and equity and um and I just like it's so easy to go into that kind of space because we've been formed to think like if I have if I if I know more about a thing than somebody else, I am the expert in the situation. So I have to have all the answers. And then that's my job is to have the answers. And it's so hard to move beyond that kind of dualistic way of thinking. Um, and so my the way that I've tried to to put you know my the consulting offering together is through this social science method called action research. And the idea is like, I, as the person coming in from the outside, the outside researcher person, I am not the expert, actually. The people that make up the community are the experts in the community. And so I'm actually there to facilitate a process for them to learn more about the community so that I actually am learning along the way. So I'm not an expert in anything except the my ability to like facilitate this process and empower them along the way to have the tools to do the work themselves. And so I'm not going in and telling them about their community. They're actually telling me about their community. And so it's so hard to do that because when I think about a consultant, I think about a person coming in from the outside who is an expert and going to tell me what I need to do in the future. And I have that so ingrained in my mind and I have so much like self-criticism about not being that thing. But I also know that that is actually not going to break down any of the inequities, any of the unjust hierarchies, any of the power structures that currently exist that just reinforces them because we have this kind of like hierarchical thinking about who is an expert and who is not. And, but instead, Jesus is asking us, to remember that we're always students. We're always learning. We never have the answers. We are only ever like on the journey of, of becoming closer, of coming closer to, the, to, to reality, you know? And like we will only ever get there if we, can, if we can remember that our job is to learn from one another, mm-hmm. you know? And that no one knows everything about God. No one knows everything about the world. No one knows everything about community. And as soon as we say that we do, even if our intentions are to be just and to, to and for social justice and to like transform the world, we're going to go about doing it in a destructive way, I think. Because like we could have as soon as we think we've got the answer to the problem, we're we're creating another problem. And so I just love that and I think it I it struck me like the I for some reason link this reading to Jesus saying my burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because he's talking about the burden of the Pharisees and the scribes, you know? And like, it's interesting to put it in this context because to me then the bur- the light burden, the lighter burden is to just be able to re- remember that you are a learner and a student, that you don't have to carry the burden of expertise. You don't have to carry the burden of having the answers. That is a terrible burden to bear mm-hmm. and that's impossible. And the Pharisees telling everybody that their job is to be more like them, the people who have all the answers, is a ridiculous burden to bear for somebody else. The problem also being that they don't have all the answers. And so it's super painful to walk around in the world thinking of yourself as an expert and then constantly being reminded that you don't know everything. So I just love so much Jesus' approach 
to this conversation, the way that he take he like turns from that interaction that he's had back to the people and says, this, this is my summary of what you've just seen. And this is my hope for you in the future, that you'll remember that you are not meant to be rabbis, but students. You're not meant to be the Messiah, but the leaders, you know, and to help remind everybody that they are learners too. And so, if, and in that way, there is no first and last. Everyone who is humbled will be exalted because the most humble way of being in the world is to remember that you're always learning. So that's what I'm thinking. Well, and I think that one of the things I love about that, David, is it's that reminder that we can't hold judgment and curiosity at the same time. And that very often in coming into something, feeling like you have to be the expert also means that you have to pass judgment on what's happening right. in that space. Right. And if you're not curious about the people that are in the room, the people whose lived experience that it is, um, then you actually can't partner with them mm -hmm. because instead you're coming in as separate mm -hmm. instead of part of the community. Mm -hmm. And so I love that opportunity to be reminded that you're a learner, that mm -hmm. you have, that you need to be in community with the people with whom you're working. Working. Mm -hmm. No matter how much knowledge you already have, you don't have that integral knowledge of the people that you're with. Right. And every person, every place, and every community is so different. You know, it's so highly contextual, the, the truths of the place. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I think mm -hmm. takes us to my point. Okay. Which comes earlier in the reading than yours, but logically follows behind mm -hmm. what you had to say. Because I was thinking about um, this part at the beginning where it says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. Mm. And I think the reason why it follows what you were saying is that you were talking about the partnership of expertise and learning and community and being a co collaborator uh -huh. with people um, through that lens. And I think that when often we think about being a servant to others, um, that there's always this temptation to tell the people we are serving um, what they need and how to do it. Uh -huh. um, and I'm thinking, I'm smiling as I say it, because I know that it comes from this good place in people's hearts that they think that they are helping and saving and being the expert in a way that's going to fix everything in right. the whole wide world. Right. And yet so often in these communities in which people are working for justice and in places of service, that the burdens already of that community are so vast. And the last thing that anybody needs is for someone to tie up expectations with a big bow mm -hmm. um, and place it on their shoulders as another way of how they need to, you know, fix things, mm -hmm. pull themselves up by their bootstraps um, and how harmful that kind of work is no matter. And some of the greatest harm in this world is wrapped up, wrapped up in good intentions. Yeah. Um, and, and that is something that we all have to be mindful of, of naming the fact that our intent and our impact are not always the same thing. Mm -hmm. So thinking about that as far as, these heavy burdens and the unwillingness to work at people's sides, but also because you and I love a good word and, and this gospel reading in particular has a delightful one that mm. we don't get to interact with in everyday life, That's which true. is phylacteries, phylacteries, which is the plural of phylactery um, <laughs> in case anybody was uncertain about so that. True. Um, but I, of course, when I was researching my point, 
went down the rabbit hole of like not just looking up what does it mean, mm-hmm. but then like looking up images. And I mean, if you have any time in your week, podcast listeners, mm-hmm. I commend to you mm-hmm. the practice of looking up this word and, and delving more deeply into it. But it is a leather box um, that scripture that was written on vellum would be put inside and would be worn on the head, the forehead, mm-hmm. as a reminder um, of the scripture. And the reason that I connected to this so deeply was that the idea for me is perhaps that the words that were written in the scripture, the words that were supposed to inform the way of living and being in this world, I'm wondering if that is the disconnect of putting it in the leather box. (laughs) No, I'm being honest, right? Because like the idea is that it's supposed to remind you, yeah. but you've also then therefore been able to separate yourself from it because you have put it in this container, put God in a box, put God's words in a box and strapped it to your forehead. So now you don't have to think about it anymore. You actually don't. You don't have to engage with the scripture anymore. And I know that that is counter to what the intent, this holy practice mm-hmm. was intended to be. But I think that there is that danger in all holy practices mm-hmm. that in some ways they can connect us more deeply to God. Mm-hmm. And in other ways they can separate us from us because mm-hmm. the practice itself just becomes perfunctory. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes rigid in the action. And so instead of scripture being a living and breathing thing that needs to be explored in community and in the context of the people that you are with, instead we have taken those words and we have put them in a box and we have strapped them to our head and that is it. Mm -hmm. That's all we have to do. Mm -hmm. And so while obviously this is an ancient practice and not something that either you or I engage with, Mm -hmm. unless there's an element of your life that I don't know. No. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> just checking. But I appreciate the openness. Yes, my, I wanted to be curious and not closed. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless we are physically doing those things, I think that we are doing them in lots of other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so naming the fact that there is a continual opening that is required in order to be in relationship with God and with one another. And that any time that we think that we know everything, any time that we close something into a box, um, saying that it is perfect the way it is and that everything we need to know is contained in it, Mm -hmm. um, then we are actually, that is a burden. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a burden that we have put upon ourselves because we have closed ourselves off to other people. But it also gives us this place of naming that everything we need to know has already been learned. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we are in the place to tell somebody else how to carry their burdens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus loves talking about this kind of thing about like how things become ends in themselves that were meant to originally be means to a greater end. Like you're saying, like the, to where the phylactery is this spiritual practice of remembering God, remembering the Shema, right? Cause it's from Deuteronomy six Hear, O Lord, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then just a few verses later, uh, it says, press this upon your children. Talk about it when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie it as a symbol on your hands. Bind it on your foreheads. So that's where the practice comes from of this. And write it on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And those are like mezuzahs that you might see on people's homes. So like the whole point is to remember 
the Lord your God is one. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, right? And then, like you're saying, as soon as the practice becomes an end in itself, you just do it to do it because it needs to be done because it's the thing you do. You forget what is in the box that is this reminder of who God is and how God moves and what our, what our relationship to God is meant to be like. And so that's, and like Jesus is saying, they... They, they bind this on their heads, but they forget what's in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the funny thing, I think Jesus' joke is like, if you have a really huge phylactery on your head, their phylacteries are broad, then it would cover your eyes, you wouldn't be able to see. And if your fringes are long, you won't be able to walk. So like you do all these things to like show how holy and pious you are, but they actually make it so you can't function. <laughs> you can't see where you're going and you can't walk. And so you just stumble around in the darkness. And like, yeah, when our, to your point, when like our, or maybe both our points, when your power becomes the thing that you're most, you're most um, devoted to, then you're just stumbling around in the dark, you know, and you're not really getting anywhere and you're forgetting what your, your purpose is. And that's what he wants everybody to remember is like, there's, as soon as you make the the means to an end, the end in itself, we've lost the way, you know. And as long as we can remain students and open, and open, then we can not only, you know, learn and grow with people, but we can actually change the world and take action uh, without stumbling around and uh, not seeing where we're going. Well, and David, as you were talking, I was thinking how actually this all ties back to my God sighting, because when we get in this really prescriptive place. Um, of being experts or thinking that we already know everything about everything, then we disregard the gifts that are in the room, the wisdom and the gifts of others. And in that openness in creating space for each person to bring their gifts to the forefront and share them with the community, Mm -hmm. that is actually how we more fully live into what God is calling us to be. Uh All right. Well, there you go. Those are our two points for this week. Uh, mine was first, though, was from the second half of the gospel, um, thinking about being a lifelong learner, having a posture of openness and wonder and curiosity. Uh, the next was Charlotte's, um, thinking about taking action and, and how important it is to, to remember uh, those words um, from God, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Lord, our God, is one. And to, to take action in the world and not just say that we were going to take action, but do it. And we would also love to know what your point would have been if you'd been on the podcast this week. Um, we would also love to hear about your questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can find all the ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for the episode. And we will be back uh, next week to talk about the Gospel for Proper 27 in near A. That'll be for November 12th. And until then, take bye. Goodbye, everybody. everybody.